All right, everybody, welcome back to Someday It'll All Make Sense, episode number two, but episode one hasn't been released yet. Hopefully, they'll be uploaded today. I'm here with a special guest, Ernie. Hello. <laughs> What's up, Ernie? How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. It's been a long day, but uh, I guess pretty surprising right about now after we just saw that UFC fight. Yeah, we just saw UFC 257. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. McGregor got knocked out. Um, second round. Um, what were your thoughts on the fight and how it went? I was pretty happy for Dustin Poirier. He finally got that revenge win. I mean, he's not the same fighter he was. I want to say the last fight they had was several years ago. So you could tell he's definitely like peaking. He's, he's in his prime right now. And McGregor, well, good thing he has that proper Irish whiskey <laughs> company. So he should be fine. Yeah, I was I was kind of just I didn't I don't really know anything about Dustin Poirier before this. I haven't seen his fights, but I, I was rooting for McGregor. I lost a bet. I'm sure a lot of people were betting. I saw like someone, one of my friends on social media, just said that they lost eighty thousand dollars, or someone bet eighty G's on McGregor. I'm sure tons of people who who aren't familiar with UFC probably didn't know what to expect. I just wish I was in Vegas right now. I mean, I was honestly taking Poirier. I just figured McGregor's, he's kind of been out of it for a little while. He had that um, Cerrone fight. And I mean, to be honest, I thought Cerrone was washed up at that point. So, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed. So I figured Poirier, he could have taken it tonight, which he did. Yeah. Do you think McGregor is done? Do you think, I mean, after his fight with Mayweather, he got the hundred million. I don't know how much money he got, but he's probably set for life. But I mean, I don't know if he's still into fighting. He said after the interview, like, I want to keep fighting. I, I want to be more active, but he hasn't really been active in the past year. Um, so what do you think is like going to happen with him? At this point, I have no idea. I mean, he's had, what was it like two or three of those kind of not comeback fights, but he was gone for a while, came back. I mean, at this point, the talent's just getting better out there. So, I mean, Nate Diaz, he's been away for a while. I guess that'd be a good matchup if they both have time off. Khabib, I mean, Khabib hasn't really been away for too long. So, I don't know if he has a chance against him. Yeah, I think that, like, I I see it with McGregor. A lot of people, like, his mouth and his personality kind of take over his 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 fighting as, like, what we should pay attention to but like how good of a fighter do you think he actually is i think he's a good fight i mean he has great technique speed he has a good stand-up game i mean his ground game obviously it needs it needs more work i mean he's not too strong it's decent defense but during that khabib fight you could tell he just looked like a beginner out there i mean the dude just got taken down so much I mean, I don't really know what to say about him at this point, to be honest. Yeah, I think with like all these other fighters who are like more well-rounded, they have ground games, they have like different things, and I feel like he was just in there trying to box, basically. And uh, I don't know, Poirier maybe had a better all-around game or something, but I don't know. I don't know if what's the future for him. I like him as a big fighter, but do you think he might go into like back into boxing? I mean, for the payday, why not? <laughs> But I don't, honestly don't know who he'll fight. I mean, supposedly they were supposed to have Mayweather McGregor too. 
I mean, I don't know if that's going down because Mayweather's supposed to fight that YouTube star. And I don't even know his name, to be honest. <laughs> Logan Paul. All right. I know he has a brother, so like, I don't I don't know the names. Yeah. Logan Paul. He, I think they're fighting in April. Um, Mayweather, Logan Paul. And then Jake Paul is the guy that beat Nate Robinson, knocked him out. And he's been like running his mouth all over social media, just like challenging McGregor, Dana White. Like he called his wife a four. <laughs> I saw that clip on Instagram. Did, how much money did he offer? I mean, he said he, he had like some documents ready. Like if you sign them, we'll make it happen. You're going to get paid. I don't know how many millions, but he threw it out there. Yeah. He said, I have 50 million waiting. Just sign the contract. You're going to get paid. I don't know if that's true. I doubt he's because one, he wasn't even the main part of that pay-per-view. The main reason people bought it was because of Tyson. And so I think he's kind of thinking that he had his own chairs. Like if he does his own pay-per-view and makes that much, then okay. But. I think Mike Tyson carried that fight. Tyson definitely carried that fight. And Roy Jones Jr. I mean, that was the main event. That's what everybody wanted to see. Tyson alone, he probably could have fought a bum off the street. People would have paid money just to see Tyson. Like, could he still throw a combo at least? Yeah. I think the knockout, though, kind of carried Logan Paul into the conversation. When he knocked out Nate Robinson, it became like, like a huge meme. And now he's like challenging it. Like, he's challenging that guy, Dylan Dennis. To a fight, I don't know if you saw that. He's been making YouTube videos like where the Dylan Dennis was doing like an interview and he was like throwing toilet paper at him or something. I haven't seen that, but yeah, he's just kind of riding that wave right now. I mean, from what I saw, he should stick to YouTubing. <laughs> Do you think it's like a disrespect, like, like disrespectful of boxing for those guys to do something like that or? Like, I wonder how boxers, like, boxing, I think, is kind of dead. Like, besides, like, Canelo and maybe this kid, Ryan Garcia, who are kind of making names. Like, I don't know if anyone's really buying into that. And I don't know if, if this is, like, where the future of boxing is going. Where, like, whatever's going to get me the biggest money, I'm just going to fight Jake Paul or Logan Paul or whatever. If that really is the future of boxing, I wish I had a DeLorean right now because that is a sad-ass sight. <laughs> I mean, boxing really isn't what it used to be. There's a lot of politics now. I mean, people pick their fighters. It's all about the money. I wish it kind of was like, I don't want to say the golden days, but like a great period of boxing, like the 1980s, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns. You don't see fights like that no more. I mean, there's not a lot of great fighters or stable fighters or... It's just weight class after weight class. There's just exciting bouts that you know are going to come. I mean, those days are long gone for boxing. I mean, maybe someday they'll come back, but at this point, I don't see that happening. Not for a very long time. Yeah, not with like the, I mean, with YouTube being and YouTube, Instagram being so popular. I mean, I think that's how these guys, like Ryan Garcia, I don't know if you follow him, but he's got, he's like the most popular boxer on Instagram, and that's how he's boosting his name up. But, Luckily, he's been backing it up and getting his fights. Is it tell him why? Well, he looks good. Like, he's an attractive <laughs> dude. And all the girls like him, but he's knocking people out. So, I mean, he wants to fight a UFC guy, too. And they're doing all these crossover events. I think at this moment in time, like, everyone just wants to get paid. So, I don't know if they even care. If I Like, would you rather get paid and get hurt? Or Mayweather, who's like, I'm getting $50 million to beat up a YouTuber and McGregor. <laughs> Like, or fight an actual boxer who might damage your brain or whatever. So, I mean, it makes sense for, from them, but I don't know if it ruins their reputation. Well, re as far as reputation, I think, well, 
Nobody's really questioning Mayweather's skills at this point. I mean, is he really going to lose to the guy? I doubt it. I mean, his legacy is kind of set. I mean, personally, I don't think he's our greatest fighter ever. I know he's undefeated, but up to a certain point, those fights are handpicked. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't put him in that Sugar Ray Leonard class or even like Muhammad Ali. I know he had losses, but some of those fights are pretty epic. So, I mean, it's all about the money at this point. I mean, there's nothing he could do to damage it. I mean, if he gets knocked out, what's his excuse? How old is Mayweather already? Uh, he's got to be in his 40s, 45 maybe. He's up there. Yeah, so he gets knocked out by a 20-something-year-old. <laughs> he's mean. risking That's like the, so embarrassing, though. You become a meme. He gets knocked out by Logan Paul. That's like the biggest embarrassment ever. Like, I wouldn't even... I mean, if I'm getting $50 million, then I, I don't care if I get knocked out anyways, but... How confident do you think, like, the level of skill between, like, a professional versus, like, this guy who just started a year ago? It's not even close. Not even close. I mean, that Logan Paul character, <laughs> I honestly don't think he could even hang with guys at local gyms, to be honest, like, local boxing gyms. I mean, he looked okay in the ring, but, I mean, I've seen insane talent at boxing gyms. I mean, it's it was just one of those gimmicky fights. Yeah, I don't think the the level of skill between them is like not even close. It's like, I don't know. I think they're smart about who they pick and choose between who they want to fight. But I don't know. Like thinking about like this, like this, it's interesting about like boxing, um, like kind of not being what it once was. I know you're like a classic person. You like to stick to the. Like Cokes, classic Cokes. and I'm drinking one right now. Classic music, old school music. What about like that that nostalgia or like those old traditions like speaks to you? I don't know if it's so much nostalgia necessarily. I mean, because I do like a lot of modern music, but my favorite music is more 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, I mean, as far as like boxing, when I talk about those old fights... They're just classic fights. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Tommy Hearns versus Marvin Hagler. I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard versus Roberto Duran. I mean, those guys just slayed it all on the line. I mean, I see good fights here and there, but I don't know. I just don't see as much heart, top-notch skill, fighters fighting fighters they really should fight. Yeah, it's interesting. I would think like things would get better over time. Like with the, I mean, at least with UFC, like the old UFC fighters are, they probably wouldn't last like with the current ones who are more well-rounded. Like Ken Shamrock would not be able to fight any, any of these modern guys. Maybe, I don't know. But I also think about that with like NBA players. Like I think LeBron would destroy anyone in like these other eras. But like with like music, do you think that's kind of like the same thing? Like, what's so special about these music, musicians from, like, back in the day where, like, so many people now are kind of, like, the music isn't the same like it used to be? I guess, I don't know, there's a lot of aspects to how music isn't the same. I mean, the way you stream it, the way it's recorded. I mean, back in the day, it seems like you had to be, like, big time. You had to be good to make a record, to have a record funded. Now... I could make a record right now. <laughs> we could record it on a computer and release it. And somehow it could get 100 million hits, even if it sucks. Yeah. I mean, well, music back then, it was very talented-oriented to a certain degree. A lot of those classic artists dating back from 
Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley to the Beatles, Zeppelin, James Brown, what you notice about all of them, they had insane talent. I mean, there was no auto-tune back then. Even the songwriting, I mean, even if somebody was writing their songs, they were still top-notch. Yeah, I wonder what, what, what do you think changed over time where like that so the songwriting quality, is it because of like so much more is involved in like music, like advertising or how you look or social media? Like why aren't these songwriters as maybe as good as previous generations? I don't know. That's a tough question. I mean, there is a lot of marketing now in music, especially like you said, with social media and all that. Um, of course, the image could take you very far. Um, I guess a good example I could use Lady Gaga. And I'm not really begging on her by any means because she's a talented singer. But I remember when I first saw her, her outfits were like so outrageous. It was kind of like, yeah, I could see how she's going to pick up a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah, they because I've heard of this thing called like an industry plant. I don't know if you've heard of that phrase, like where like this artist just comes out of nowhere and is like like Billie Eilish. For example, she's like a pop star right now. And she like I'd never heard of her or maybe she did was started off making like music and like starting off at like local bars or like somewhere local and then building, building, building. It kind of seems like some people just come out of nowhere and just all of a sudden become this huge mega star without like, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it as well. Yeah, that's a big part of it for some artists. Uh, sometimes record labels, if they have somebody that they just see dollar signs they'll put them out there like they'll push them they'll market them as far as you were talking about billy ellis or Alice, whatever her name is <laughs> she did kind of come out of nowhere they were pushing her hard i was hearing her music on commercials they're playing it on the radio and i'm just flipping through stations like i could hear her song coming home from work every day yeah she's yeah she, that's a good example i mean there are some bands that do work their way from the bottom to the top these days. I mean, I don't know how many of them are out there that are good. I mean, a good example, I could honestly say right now is Jack White, White Stripes Racking Tours, the Black Keys. Those are guys that, guys and bands, uh, they did it the hard way. They built the audience and did it for years until they got their number one hits. Yeah, because I've been um, hearing about like um, like Coachella, like for example, I was like reading about like how these artists get booked, like how do they get their placement on their lines or how do they get deals? Like, why are these the ones who are chosen? And they're kind of talking about like how there are certain record labels now who like own all the, I don't know, like they, they have groups of artists and they try to bit, bit them all together. So they all get on the lineup and they, they pay to get them placed at certain parts just so they get promotion and things like that. So I'm wondering, um, how much more behind the scenes is there with like music nowadays? Like, like with like artists and their originality, like, like when I see a name, like, I don't know, like Portugal, the man, or like this band Hame or whatever, any name, like the weekend, like, is it just like an artist or how much of a, of so much to things do they have? Like, you know, I don't know if like the older artists were like, it's just me and I'm writing my thing. And you know, how collaborative was his music now versus back then? I don't know. Well, a lot of artists now, if you want to call them artists, I mean, you have multiple songwriters, multiple producers. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that for everybody, but more of your mainstream stars, groups, they're going to have that. 
I mean, there are a lot of groups these days that they are writing their own music. Maybe it's just them. Maybe they have a co-songwriter. I mean, a good example, one of my favorite current artists, Courtney Barnett. I know she's writing most of her songs. Jenny Lewis. But compared to back then, I guess I could honestly say in the 50s, a lot of artists, their songs were written for them. Like Elvis Presley, he didn't write majority of his songs I mean to be honest I don't think he wrote majority of his top hits maybe none of them to be like when I really think about it but then there were those artists that came along I honestly want to say once Ray Charles hit the scene Buddy Holly he was a big factor because he wrote produced and to some extent mixed his own music he was a game changer and then once Bob Dylan came out, he t took it to a whole nother level. Because I believe, I want to say the story I heard, he met with, I don't know if it was all the Beatles, but I know it was him, John Lennon, probably could have been a few other Beatles in the car, but he made a remark to him as, you guys have nothing to say. But the Beatles are already kind of writing their music. If you look at their first album, you're going to see a few covers Second album, there's probably a cover too. I think up to Rubber Soul, there was at least one cover on every album. And then the next album, Revolver, I want to say it was 100% all their music. But once the Beatles started writing their own songs and they presented it, that's where the floodgates opened, where to make it, you really had to show that you could write your own music, like do it yourself. Like not only did you have to perform it, you had to show the consumer, the listener, that this is what I have to say to. I don't even want to say it was a thing or it was a trend. It's kind of what was expected. The bar was set at a certain point. Now, what do you what do you mean by um, they need something to say? Do you mean like their songs had more messages, or I guess the lyricism? This I guess you meant the songs should have more meaning, like instead of. I want to hold your hand that doesn't really have a lot of substance compared to a day in the life. Yeah, because I know, but I don't know much about Bob Dylan, but every year when I teach my students, I try to incorporate like song lyrics. So I used to incorporate like Pink Floyd. Um, what's the one called? Brick in the Wall, which was about like education or something or not. What's the song? We don't want no education. The uh, Wall? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember, but I used to show them that. And then we talked about like, um, Bob Dylan, he won a Pulitzer Prize, I think, for writing or his writing. I know he won a couple of those lifetime achievements or yeah. like those medals that you get from the president, the Nobel Prize. I know he has a few of those type of awards. Yeah, he won that. And then like uh, Kendrick Lamar, who's one of the uh, he won one of those, the rapper for his writing as well for his album. So he, I think they're one of the two only artists who've gotten that Pulitzer Prize award for writing. Um yeah, but I don't know. Do you see like that is like a, a mi missing piece when you when you listen to music? Like, what do you, what what kind of like moves you, or what are you looking forward to in a song where you're like, I enjoy this, or maybe like this is the part that I don't like, or how does your music taste vary? Uh, there's there's a wide range of uh, how could I put this. There's a variety of things that kind of catch my attention. It could be just song lyrics, catchy chord progression, um, 
you could tell when there's like an enthusiasm or there's an organic chemistry happening within the band just if they're jamming like you can notice it that stuff is noticeable like when i listen to the allman brothers live at the fillmore i know it's not a studio album but just listening to that live you could tell the organic chemistry between those guys just little things i mean to be honest music it doesn't take much to know if that's a good song or that's a bad song yeah. You could tell when a musician is on point, when they know their craft, you could hear it in their playing. Yeah, so as much as you know about music or like these, like I don't know much about like what goes into song making or producing or anything. I know you play the guitar. Have you ever thought about making your own music? I mean, I do make my own music. Like I'll try to write songs. I mean, I don't have any of them recorded, but I'll make up riffs and then I'll take them to a friend's house if we jam. Nice. So, I mean... There's not much of a process to it. Sometimes at work, I'll hear song lyrics in my head, or if I'm fiddling around with my guitar, I'll notice like, oh man, that chord progression sounded all right right there, and I'll just kind of make a few notations. But there's different aspects to writing a song. Like I think Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin, he said each album that they recorded, he's like, you you can't just have one process. It's gonna change periodically. Yeah. So when they did their albums, like they recorded, was it Led Zeppelin 4? They tracked some songs in Jimmy Page's living room. I mean, there's a, different aspects for whatever the mood may be. Yeah, different creative processes or depending on what your, you know, ideas come at different moments. Have you ever thought of, like, because when I see people playing instruments and stuff, like, have you ever thought of, because when I make stuff, like, whether it's like a video or something, I always want people to see it or hear it. Have you ever thought about like sharing, like uploading music or like a SoundCloud or on Spotify or like being an artist? I mean, I've thought about it before, but I I don't even have the material recorded to really put it out there. I know sometimes I'll post like Instagram clips of me playing guitar. I know you've seen them more. Yeah. I think I have one video on YouTube jamming with some relatives. There's a couple out there on YouTube with me and my relatives just jamming in a bar or in a living room, like I've posted those. I know they've posted it, yeah. but I would like to. But uh, yeah, recording it could kind of be a little difficult sometimes, just to have the people to play with because I can't really drum. I know a drummer. It's hard to get a hold of them. I mean, yeah, I don't know too many mu musicians that are on the same page with me at the moment. Did you ever see? Did you watch High Fidelity? Or I've seen it. It's been a long time, but. I mean, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> There's a new one. Well, I don't know if you've seen the new one or the old one, but that one's kind of talking about that too, where this girl, she's a, a musician and she's trying to find people that fit into her vibe or her style. And she ends up joining a band and it's pretty cool. But I don't know. Do they have stuff like that for like, if you wanted to join a band? Have you ever been in a band? Or No, I haven't. I've, I've jammed with a lot of people. I've been offered a couple times to like join a band, but... I remember one, my first taste of probably why I'm not in the band is just impatience, um, diversity in the playing, because I'm kind of somebody that I don't like to play the same thing over and over, because I, I have grown up on a lot of genres of music, and I want to learn to play a lot of genres of music or styles, like, just, there's nights where I'll be playing from James Brown to Otis Redding, to even psychedelic blues, I like to switch it up and 
Sometimes I meet people where they'll only play one style and that's it. And that's pretty kind of hard to take sometimes if I'm not into it or I'm not feeling it. Yeah, you kind of want to mix it up, different styles, experiment, and just, I mean, I guess it kind of keeps it fun. I mean, is that would probably be another thing as well. I think probably when you do something like a band or like all that practice or, you know, the pressure of something probably loses the fun of just, you know, just doing your thing. Yeah, yeah, it could get kind of boring playing the same three chords over and over and over switch to the next song and it's the same three chords but they just mix them up in order so yeah it could be like that so where did your love for guitar come from where did where why did you pick up a guitar versus like other instruments or well originally i played the flute in elementary school so that was technically the first instrument i played i originally wanted to play a saxophone but they were pretty expensive at the time even to rent just to join music class so my parents said no. I think it all derives from the movie La Bamba. That was the movie when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> I want to play guitar. So a lot of you out there, if you've ever seen La Bamba, you probably know what I'm talking about. And I tell my younger coworkers, if you've seen that movie compared to most Disney movies, you had a Mexican childhood. <laughs> that was one of the reasons I bought a guitar too. I went to a friend's house. I don't have the guitar anymore. I sold it to a pawn shop one of my regrets but um i lost a job but i i went to a friend's house for a group project and he had a guitar electric one and then he played la bamba and after that i was like man that's cool i want to learn how to play like just bust it out and just show people i can play like la bamba or something but i never learned how i didn't know how to read the music and it's kind of hard to learn like the process of it i'm sure over time to i mean with anything it takes a while to get good at but like I just felt like I was super uncoordinated with like my left hand and then doing the right left and the right at the same time without like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. It could be really frustrating because I believe I got my first guitar. I want to say I was, I don't know the age, but I must've been in the third or fourth grade. And it was a relative that had given it to me. It was an old acoustic guitar, but at that age to learn on your own is very difficult if you don't have the patience, which most kids don't have patience, it's going to be tough. And I didn't really have a teacher. I, th- I guess music lessons were kind of out of the question. So I technically didn't really start playing till maybe my junior year. I had some friends that had guitars, so when I would go to their houses, I was old enough to kind of have patience to learn a couple chords. Then you learn a few more, and from there, I bought my guitar at 17 I believe that's when I got my first real electric but I had been messing around with the acoustics and just on friends guitars for a few years but that love of music was all was always pretty deep within me so I had the patience at that age to really get serious about it and start learning chords scales progression just all the little techniques so it kind of became an addiction at that point yeah, I think you definitely probably need some sort of basic understanding because I try to play the piano too. I don't, it's somewhere over there, but I feel like I was too focused on like learning, like trying to memorize like here, 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 and then like that. I don't know if that's even a good thing. Like if, if someone was starting to learn an instrument, what would your advice be to that person of how to start learning or how to get going or? Well, I can't really speak for other instruments, but I mean, I guess. Yeah, it could all kind of go under the same criteria. Just learn something that you really like 
that basic or easy. It's kind of hard to know if it is easy or not to play. Maybe if you know somebody that plays the piano or a saxophone or flute, whatever it may be, the guitar or the bass, whatever you're interested in, if you could ask them like, hey, what would be a good song from this artist band that I could learn an easy one? And that way you could get into it. That's how I learn. I mean, I started learning how to play Buddy Holly songs. Those are your basic three chord songs. But I I just got really addicted to it because it was something that I could actually do. I could start off on surprisingly. Yeah. So when like you some like because sometimes you see people who just pick something up and they just start going like I don't even know how to even process that. Like what's going on in the brain that you just pick something up and you can kind of is it memory? Is it like you just remember or like how aware are you of what you're doing with everything? To be honest, I don't even know how to answer that. I guess it's like a combination of memory, muscle memory, brain memory, just natural feeling like the groove. If you're feeling it, or if you're playing somebody else's song, like you, most likely you've played it a bunch of times. If you play an instrument, because when I practice songs, I play them over and over and over. I don't get it the first take sometimes. Yeah, I want to learn. I want to learn piano, guitar. I don't know if I have the patience because I have like an instant, like once I do something, I want to be kind of good at it. But I know this thing would probably take years to to master and be good at. And you probably need some big, at least me, I'd probably need some beginning classes. I just always get amazed because sometimes I have kids in my class. Like I had this girl in my class. She's like, I played the Titanic for some reason in my song. And she had this random instrument I've never seen before. And she was just like, heard the song and then she's like all right she just started playing it i'm like dude how how did you even do that surprisingly you don't need a music teacher these days because you got it right in front of you you could just go online and youtube i mean free lessons if you don't like that teacher click next one (laughs) like i kind of wish that was around when i started i mean it wasn't too long until youtube was available but i just went off books and playing other people's songs, listening to them so many times where I already knew where it was going to change. Just books. Um, I have one relative, actually a couple relatives that played. Give me a few pointers. But to me, it was just listening to a song I wanted to learn. And then I'd look at the book and then already knowing the basic chords or getting to a point where I could solo. Not even solo that good, but enough where I could move my fingers fluidly where I kind of caught on and just having patience. But now with YouTube, it's so helpful. If there's a style that I want to learn, I'll just type it in and boom, I could get like five different lessons. Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot. I kind of wish that was around. Sometimes they make it so simple on YouTube. Like they'll highlight the strings, they'll color them, like the fingertips, like they break it down so easily. Oh yeah, that's how I try to learn piano songs. There's mm-hmm. a, the guy Piano King and... You slow it down, put it on slow motion, and then just watch, and then tells you where to put the fingers. I used to write the the key, the letters on the keys so I could try to remember. But man, it's crazy how how learning that has changed um, the instruments from there. But where's the? Uh, I know you said your relatives uh, had a big part in music. I know Susan is probably the one who introduced me to music. Um, how was that with like your your family? Where did that music love come from? first probably my dad 
Because I don't know if you, you've been to our house multiple times, but I don't know if you've seen his extensive record collection. Yeah. You want the Main, DJ? Yeah, mainly <laughs> from him. He had so many records as a kid. He would play from the Everly Brothers, Richie Valens, to the Rolling Stones, Creedence Clearwater, to the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, Michael Jackson. I mean, there's always music in the house. Yeah, how extensive is your guys's? How happy were you when you were able to get like a your iPod or something? Where now like I can get like whatever music I want, and like as a fan of music and a listener, like having like to listen to like vinyls. I know you like the vinyls a lot. You have a collection from going to that to like now. I just got this thing that could play anything I want at any time, or I could find any sort of thing. I mean, I gotta admit, it's pretty convenient. I mean, just having Spotify, I could listen to most of the stuff I want, like, at the touch of my fingers. I mean, I've always been into vinyl. Like, to be honest, we didn't get a CD player until I was maybe... I don't know. How old were we, Susan? We didn't get a CD player until... I was 13, 14. 13, 14? I don't know. I want to say I was almost out of elementary school, so... All we listened to was vinyl or cassette tapes. So that's kind of crazy. That's going up into 1998, 1999s. <laughs> Why do you think you've stuck? Because vinyls are like, I would love to have, like, I like vinyls. But then you like skipping songs or like what makes them so special to you? Because sometimes I'm just like, I want to just listen to one song. But like vinyl really makes it really inconvenient to like <laughs> skip that song. Or I just like, now when it's done, I got to flip it over and then I got to like, why has that why do you enjoy it so much or it's not even like a nostalgia factor to me i know most younger people see it is that like oh it looks so cool it spins yeah it (laughs) it does look pretty badass especially when you get the different colors yeah to me it's the sound quality i mean when i listen to something on vinyl it doesn't exactly sound the same as when i'm streaming it Uh, i mean our listeners you could correct me if i'm wrong but I, on vinyl, I believe you get like 100% of the sound. And when you're listening to music on your computer, phone, tablet, iPod, the sound is compressed. So technically you're getting, I want to say, less than 40% of the sound. Hmm. I mean, it's not as noticeable. Like if you're watching TV and you had 40% of the picture and you saw all those little dots or pixels... You're going to notice it, but since it's sound, it might not be as noticeable to the ear. The human ear or someone who's not trained to listen or look for that. Because I tried too, because I, I like listening to vinyls, but I don't know if I could tell the difference between I put a headphone on and listen to this and then put that on. I don't know if I could notice any difference. Is it the speaker? Like, Do you need like a certain setup? If you have a good system, and I'm talking about you have a decent turntable and a decent receiver... If you have some good speakers, you're going to hear a difference. But if you're listening to vinyl off one of those ones you could get at Target or Walmart with the radio on it, those portable ones, uh, I don't think you're going to get the exact same sound quality. I mean, that kind of just sounds like a radio. But if you have a good receiver with the tube in it, you're going to hear a difference. Like when you hear that drum snare hit, you're going to feel the pop in the room. There's like a presence to the sound. Or you hear that guitar note, it just kind of rings, like you could feel it in the air a little bit. Huh. Yeah, they're cool. I love vinyls. They look cool. I wonder why they've been able to 
even though they're so expensive, like one vinyl is like 30 bucks, $25 maybe. Why hasn't, why have they withstood the test of time versus like CDs and maybe cassettes? I've seen some artists try to release cassettes and like they've not really taken off. Yeah, cassettes, that's one of those things where I don't want to say it's dead technology, but I mean, the sound quality, I mean, is it, I don't even know if you could get a cassette player. I mean, I don't see them in stores anymore, but when CDs came out, everybody probably just figured like, oh, this is more convenient. They're going to last longer. Yeah. But overall, I mean, for real music aficionados, I mean, they've always kept vinyl around just for the reason of sound quality. I mean, there's no other sound like vinyl. If you really love an album and you want to hear it to the fullest extent and get every inch of sound, that's the way to go, I believe. Yeah, because a lot of people collect vinyls too, like like collecting them. And I don't know if sometimes, someday down in the future, they're going to be worth more money or if there's limited copies of some. Because I know people go to like thrift shops and go to certain places trying to find specific ones. I don't know if that has to do with it too. There's that factor. I mean, that's kind of like a cool thing also for vinyl collectors. I mean, I've found a couple vinyls like that. Like I have a a 1969 Abbey Road fluorescent green vinyl. So it's kind of cool knowing I have that. Or another cool thing is um, Jack White from the White Stripes and Raconteurs. What he did, him and his people at Third Man Records, they have a... how should I call it, like a subscription, it's called The Vault. So every three months, they release an album from an artist or a band, and it's limited, so they'll only give members maybe 30 days to subscribe. So once that's over, they discontinue it, and you can never buy it again. So sometimes you'll get like a hidden song at the end of the record, or maybe just cool things in the package, like a Blu-ray DVD, but it's usually like the vinyl itself, like on one of his albums, there's like a like a hologram angel. It's kind of crazy, like you have to tilt the vinyl in the right way, but once it's spinning like off the light from a certain angle, you could see like angels dancing on it. Oh, that's cool. So there's like different little aspects that kind of make it cool. Like I have this, I'm one of 1,000 people to have this in the entire world and that's it. So do you have like a most valuable vinyl that you have? Like you're like, this is my my number one vinyl, the one that I'm, you know, if you were on a deserted island and you could only take like five or three vinyls, which would be the one? Like you could save three, which ones would you save? That's a hard question. I don't, I don't know if I would take the most valuable one either. Um, for sure, I take that Beatles Abbey Road one because that's probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, maybe my Buddy Holly Greatest Hits album. My Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street album. You said three, huh? You can do five. All right, five. Um, probably Sentimental Value, not because it's rare or anything, but it's like a anthology from the artist Sam Cooke. And that's probably off the top of my head right now. Huh. Nice. Uh, do you have like a favorite artist? Are those like your favorite artists or are those are just your favorite albums? I guess you could say they're my favorite albums. I mean, the, they are some of my favorite artists too. I mean, the Beatles and the Stones. I don't even know if I could put one ahead or the other. It's like top one and two. Yeah. They, they could go either way. 
Buddy Holly's is really big for me because that's what really got me hooked on wanting to learn to play music. Sam Cooke is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. And I probably would throw Nirvana in there too because they were a game changer for me growing up. It was just a new sound. It was so raw. Different for the time. I mean, sadly, I do remember when they were out. I wasn't quite old enough to really understand it. But their music was always pretty profound to me. Yeah, so I noticed you use, you mentioned a lot of like rock artists. Do you ever listen to like um, hip hop, any like R and B, those kind of genres? Yeah, I listen to a lot of R and B, especially sixties R and B, Motown. I'm really big on Motown. So artists from Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, Four Tops. I love what they were doing and at Stax Records in Memphis, or I want to say it's Memphis. But um, like Wilson Pickett, Otis Redding, Sam and Dave, all the way to Atlantic, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles. Even out west, the Wrecking Crew in L.A., like the Ronettes, um, just artists like that. I mean, I do listen to hip-hop also, so I do like that old school Ice Cube. I love A Tribe Called Quest. They're probably one of my favorite hip-hop groups. I love the Wu-Tang Clan. Old Snoop Dogg. Snoop. Not Snoop Lion, kids. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Dr. Dre, Chronic, Brings Back Memories. I mean, I grew up on all that stuff. It was always playing throughout friends' friends' houses, like their older siblings. Yeah. They were listening to it at the time, so they kind of like, hey, what's that? Do you ever find like it's hard to... Because I know you maybe your your music tastes are very specific. Well, maybe compared to like other people, like I don't I don't think any of my friends listen to that. Maybe your group of friends all do they all listen to that kind of music? They do. My friends have a lot of diverse tastes in music. I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like mine is the most diverse out of the group. Because <laughs> I mean, they listen to rap, rock, but there's certain like jazz. I don't have any friends that listen to jazz music. Yeah. I don't have any friends that really listen to country music like Hank Williams or Patsy Cline. If I throw that stuff on, they'll be like, turn that shit off. <laughs> I wonder if there there could be like a, a social media app that connects people to their music tastes. I think that I just well, like a dating idea. profile. <laughs> kind of like uh, like if I had a, a, you know, I don't know, because I know MySpace, we used to have music that you put on your profile. But now, like even like a Spotify, like. I don't like I love you could share playlists with people, but you can't really like there's nothing social about it where I can like share a song with you really quick oh. or like I don't know if there's a music social media app where like you share music or, or it like, just links like you may like this person like, you know how you, you're buying albums online. Yeah. You may like this artist like yeah. you might want to be friends with that dude right there. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of like I have one friend who listens to Kanye, but none of my other friends listen to him. And that's like one of my favorite artists. But I imagine that's a big part of of sometimes hanging out with people is listening to music or listen or you know having the same music taste as well. Um, so I don't know. I think that'd be cool if we can create an app that would do that. I mean, to a certain extent, I found you could do that on Instagram because there's a lot of people that follow me or I follow them. Where we'll do vinyl posts, like we'll find each other in the hashtag, and they're vinyl collectors too. So I mean, it's not very specific where they're where Instagrams are referring me to them, yeah. but there is a somewhat of a way to find that person. Huh. Like doing like vinyl swaps or hashtags. And I know people do that where they go and trade vinyls and different things like that. Huh. 
yeah, there's this one hashtag. I want to say it's called like Vinyl IG Club, something like that. But I found a lot of people through that hashtag where they're vinyl collectors. They have good taste in music. So like I'll follow if I see somebody has a lot of stuff I listen to. I'm like, oh, I'll follow them huh. if they're playing good stuff. So what would be your artist recommendations? We should do like a music swap where I, because I don't listen to any of those those songs. I listen to like hip hop. I like like Kendrick Lamar, Childish Game. I don't know if you know Childish Gambino. Yeah, I know who he is. I like him. I like uh, I like Kendrick Lamar too. Kendrick. I like what he has to say. He's kind of has that old school quality that I like. Yeah. Just what he's rapping about, like the beats. I kind of do hear that old school hip hop in him. Like if you were to recommend me like one album based on like. I think you would like this. I like like Kendrick, Kanye, J. Cole, Childish Gambino, like hip hop, kind of like that. Um, do you have any artist recommendations for me or anyone like that? Maybe I'll I'll give you a recommendation and see if you like it. You'll probably hate it. <laughs> In a hip hop category? Yeah, hip hop. Because I listen to some of the set. Because you and Susan have similar tastes. Um, she probably got influenced by you growing up, but yeah, um, yeah probably hip hop because I never listened to like some of the ones you mentioned. I'd say maybe the Monophonics. Monophonics. They kind of have like I I, I don't want to say hip hop, but they have like a good groove to them. Huh. You know what? I actually, was ask, wanted to ask you too. I want to start making because um, I love movies that have cool old songs that are sampled or like they like some directors have like cool musics and soundtracks and movies and i want to try to make um more videos with like some songs um so i don't know if you have a i don't know how to even say it i want to create a, a playlist on spotify that has like movie soundtrack kind of like songs that would work well in movies i don't know if that even make, like makes sense no i know what you mean i mean sometimes music makes a scene i mean look at most of martin scorsese's films oh, i just saw even fellas you saw it for the first time i didn't like it huh i didn't like it too much what yeah i don't know maybe i was tired the night before so i stopped it and i fell asleep and then i watched it again the next morning i was like all right that's that's a good movie i i it was good i wasn't like blown away by it but maybe that's not my genre I don't know. I don't know. Is that like, his, his peak? That was his peak movie. I kind of was interested because I looked it up after. and That's probably like his top two. Yeah. I, I saw it. Maybe I, th- I, I like the dialogue a lot. Um, I just, I don't know. Something about it just didn't. Like, I don't know if I'd watch it again. Dang, you probably just lost a lot of viewers oh, right now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm editing that. Cutting that out. I don't want to admit to my bad taste in movies and, and music. Yeah, I Susan. I don't know something about it. I was like, okay, it was good, but well, watch Casino. That's another good one. Maybe, maybe you'll like that one a little bit better. Who's Vegas? Yeah, because this one was kind of slow in the beginning. I felt like the first forty minutes were a little slow, but once they started killing each other and whacking each other off, and all the guys started dying, then I got kind of more into it. But I don't know. It was just kind of a got into the gang and. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I have bad taste and everything. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I told you it's a true story, you change your mind. I know it is. I I looked into it. I saw it, and then I saw that the guy actually 
he was in witness protection program but then after the movie he got out of it and he was like who cares well i think they kicked him out because he got busted for narcotics he did something where they kicked him out of witness protection he wasn't exactly complying with laying low (laughs) yeah he got famous or he started writing books and wanted to come out in movies so i think he kind of liked the attention he was getting and it was like uh whatever i think he ended up dying um not too long ago but i've i've heard a story there's like an audio interview but even in the movie like it says at the end he got busted for narcotics again i want to say in that audio interview he says they kicked him out of witness protection because he just wasn't complying because of course you got to lay low if you're in witness protection and yeah if you're not dealing with the feds are telling you to do they're they're not gonna like waste your time like protecting them so yeah, I gotta watch these movies. I didn't watch any. I know your dad told me to watch a Bronx Tale. I gotta watch that. That's one a good still. movie too. I just, I don't know. I gotta get more into the, some of the classics. I'm, I haven't seen. I gotta get more cultured. I'm, I have bad taste in movies and music, but uh, I'll check them out. So I think this is wrapping up our podcast. Uh, any other recommendations? I think you should listen to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and that Igor album. I think you might like them. I'll check out. The mono, what's it? What are they called? Monophonics. Monophonics. I'll check them out. I'm probably going to edit that part out where I admitted that I didn't like the Goodfellas. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on, Ernie. Yeah, no problem. It. Thanks for having me and letting me watch the fight for free. <laughs> uh, we streamed, we bought it. We did not. Dana White, if you're listening, but he's not. We paid for it, supporting McGregor. Um, thank you guys for listening. Season two. Thanks, Ernie, for being here. Um, catch you guys later. Bye bye. Someday I'll make sense, Susan.